everybody again. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today and we ask you, Father, that this, uh, that your Holy Spirit would guide this and keep us uh, uh, on target and help us to hear what you have to say to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, last time when we left our hero, he was in chapter 1, verse 28. Uh, he had just cast a demon out of a guy. And it says, when the demon, uh, actually in verse 25, Jesus rebuked this demon saying, be silent. And we talked about be silent. Uh, the word is, uh, the Greek word means to be muzzled. And uh, it's only used twice in the New Testament. And it's used both times in Mark here and in uh, the storm story, in, Lock, in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, we'll hit that uh, in, a, in a later session. But, going on down, the people were amazed at this new teaching with authority. And that's one of the key elements that we talked about before, uh, was Jesus had such authority that people recognized it immediately when he taught. Uh, we could have four different teachers up here. You could have... Kenneth Copeland over here. You could have me here. You could have Rick Bonfin. We could have your pastor over here and, and Sunday school teacher. All of them are teaching. All of them called by God to do what they're doing, but there's a different anointing on them. And you, you, you'll walk into one meeting and you'll go, wow, there's, this, there's the power of God's here. There's an authority here. Well, Jesus did that to people, and they just flocked to him because of that authority. And we want to investigate more about that. We want to investigate how to let the Holy Spirit dwell that, show that authority in our lives. Now, verse 29. When he came out of this, uh, right up to verse 28, though. Let's go back to verse 28. Immediately, his fame spread everywhere throughout the region surround Galilee. And as Jesus walked out his calling, people followed him in droves because he was effective. So, now he's... Out, come out of the synagogue with James and John, the sons of thunder. You'll find out that as he's walking out this thing, these two guys hang around with him a lot. And John, as you can find out, probably a dramatic turn on this guy because he went probably from the sons of thunder, maybe a brawler, maybe a you know a hard living, hard living uh, fisherman to the apostle of love. Something happened in there that changed that. So when he came out of the synagogue with James and John, they went directly to the house of Simon and Andrew. The mother-in-law of Simon lay sick with a fever, and immediately they told Jesus of her. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Now, you're going to find out later on that the power of healing was with Jesus. Uh, the power to heal was there. Now, I want to be able to walk in such a way that we hear the Lord and that when we hear Him speak, because we know from the Gospel of John 
that Jesus didn't do anything unless he heard it from the Father. We know he did not um, speak anything unless the Father told him to do it. So we know that the Lord spoke to him and said, lay hands on her and, and, you know, raise her up from her fever. So he did that. Then she got up and went and served everyone. Now, in the evening after that event, verse 32, in the evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed with demons. The whole city gathered at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Now, and he did not let the demons speak because they knew him. Now, let's dig into this a little bit. Um, when the sun set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed with demons. So, there's in this authority that he has, and the like healing, uh, casting the demon out of the guy in the synagogue, and healing his mother-in-law, uh, Peter's mother-in-law, and just the way he's speaking to people with authority, they're flocking to him from all over the region. Now, I want to ask you this. Are they doing that in your church? Is this happening now? This is a question I have. Is this happening now in our churches? Um, uh, is the power of God and the authority of God so strong in your church that people are flocking to get there? Are healings happening so people are flocking to get there? Are demons being cast out? Are people flocking to get there? I know um, uh, when I traveled to uh, Uganda, for three years I went to Uganda with our pastor, and uh, we met a, um, a pastor in um, Kampala, um, Pastor Isaac, and from the glorious Church of Christ in Kampala, and when we would go to meetings, and my pastor, David Holt, would preach, um, the Holy Spirit would start moving and people would, like demons, would just start exploding out of people. And I saw this, and I saw him, I saw he and Pastor Isaac wade through this crowd of people that were praising God, they were worshiping God, and demons were being cast out of people um, right and left. I had one story uh, I'll never forget this. I've actually got a video of it. Um, when Pastor Isaac started started preaching and talking about the Holy Spirit, you could just hear the entire um, level of, of, of anticipation rise, and voices were rising, people were praising God, and all of a sudden something happened, and demons can't take it. They, they start popping out of people, and the place is loaded with demons. They have all kinds of witchcraft and things going on. And right behind me, this one woman jumped up and started screaming and spinning in a circle like a top and just screaming and kicking. And there was this little girl. I say she's a little girl. She's probably 35 years old. But she couldn't have weighed 80 pounds soaking wet. She had on a T-shirt, and she had two scarves around her arm. And, and I'm not kidding you. When this woman, now I live in Athens, Georgia, and we're familiar with football around here. When this woman started screaming and kicking, that little girl lowered her head and dropped her on the ground as good as any free safety, grabbed her legs and stuck and put those um, uh, ribbon or those uh, scarves around her feet so she couldn't kick. And I asked the pastor afterwards, 
what, what was she doing? And he said they do that so that they don't kick people. And, and there, there was. There were just people laying around and they were dealing with demonic forces all around. So they're there. Now the question is, is that type of thing happening here in our churches? Three things. Are people getting healed? Are demons being cast out? And are people flocking to the churches? That's what we're in here reading this about. That's what we want to know about. Now, the whole city was gathered at his door. That's an amazing thing to me. There's no social distancing. <laughs> There's nothing there. They just showed up. But another interesting thing is, is if you read this in verse 12, it said they brought to him all who are sick and those who were possessed with demons. And in verse 34 it says, He healed many who were sick and cast out many demons. said he didn't do them all. He just did some. Many, but some. Now I don't know what the word many means, so if there's a hundred people that came and he cast out many demons, is that 51 demons? Is it seven? I don't know. I don't know what the word many means, but I know not everybody got sick was, that was sick was healed and not everyone that was demon possessed got demons cast out but a lot of them did now move up to verse 35 in the morning rising up a great while before sunrise he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed Simon and those who were with him followed him and when they found him, they said to you, everyone is searching for you. Again, for, we, we go back two pages on here, and, he, and people are just, they can't get enough of the guy. He said to them, let us go into nearby towns that I may preach there, for that is why I have come. Now, follow this. Go back up to verse 35. In the morning, rising up a great while before sunrise. Now, I've got a footnote there that says uh, Jesus did not roll over and hit the snooze button. That's just kind of my own footnote. But the point is, it says he rose up early and before sunrise he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. That's where he heard that he was to go to other towns. Let us go into the nearby towns that I might preach there, for this is why I have come. Okay? So, while he's up praying in the morning and he spends time with the Father, that's where he hears what his marching instructions are. Now, let us go into the nearby towns that I may preach there, for this is why I have come. It's very important to keep that, word, that verse in mind. So, Mark, verse 38 is important. So verse 39, so he preached in their synagogues throughout Galilee and casting out demons. So he's going from town to town. And in, in, in where I'm at, uh, he's in Athens, Georgia. He goes to Winder. He goes to Monroe. He goes to various other towns, down to Madison and, and all around. Uh, he goes to these different towns and preaches, and people are just flocking to hear him. Now, verse 40. Now, you understand, in doing this, in going to these different towns, and I, like I said, I'll use the ones that I know here. He went to Winder, 
Uh, he goes. To the, these are just small towns around Athens. He goes to Winder. Uh, he goes to Danielsville. He goes to these little villages because that's what he was told to do. And if you don't know where Danielsville, Georgia is, not far from Isla. Anyway, chapter four or chapter uh, one, verse forty. A leper came to him, pleading with him and kneeling before him, saying, "If you are willing, you can make me clean." Jesus, moved with compassion, extended his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Now, if you're willing. Now, it's interesting to me that Jesus did not say to him, well, you need to keep this for a while because it will teach you something. Um, he didn't say to him, um, you need to learn some things. So I'm just, or he even that, he didn't say no. God, if it be thy will, make me clean. Well, no, I, it's not my will. I don't want to clean you. He didn't say that. Okay? He said, I will be clean. Now, Jesus is no respecter of persons. What he does for this guy, he'll do for us. And I think by the time we get through here, I hope above anything else we ever get, you understand it's God's will to heal. God does not have God does not break people's legs to teach them things. He doesn't use the devil to teach them things. We could get into a lot on that, but not at this time. We'll do that later. But right now, just understand that if you're willing, you can make me clean. I am willing. Be clean. Now, in addition to that, Jesus moved with compassion, extended his hand, and touched him. This guy's a leper. Um, he's got COVID-19. He's sick. But Jesus moved with compassion, laid hands on him. Now, in the Old Testament, if, uh, if um, someone that's unclean touches a clean person, the clean person becomes unclean. In the New Testament... When Jesus touches an unclean person, the unclean person becomes clean. Now, we're walk, we, we are close, following closely behind Jesus. We're watching Him. We're seeing Him walking. We're seeing Him doing these things. And one of the things I'm asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you is that we're walking in the same path He was walking. These things should be happening to us. You could go back to the last part of, of Mark. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up deadly serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He didn't say, they'll lay hands on the sick and check with me and see if it's my will and then maybe they'll recover. He didn't say that. And... We're going to, as we walk through Mark, we're going to see some very definitive things that Jesus does that we don't pick up on. And if we start picking up on them, we're going to start having different results. But now listen. Move with compassion, I will. And as soon as he spoke, the leprosy immediately departed from him and he was cleansed. <coughs> Excuse me a minute. Now, at this point, something very important happens. And, 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 we need, to, we need to think about this for a minute. Verse 43, He sternly warned him and sent him away at once, saying, 
See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way and show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So, this leper, Jesus lays hands on him. Uh, he gets healed. And then Jesus says to him, don't tell anybody, but go to the priest, follow the law, do what the priest says to do to declare you clean. Okay? But that's not what happened. Verse 45. Instead, he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news around so that Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but he was out in remote places. And they came to him from every quarter. Now, one misconception that people have concerning uh, Jesus and, and, and concerning the Lord is that whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. Um, and I don't want to walk in this in these weeds too deeply here, but I do want to say this, that what we do affects what God wants to do. In this case, if you go back up to verse 38, let us go into the nearby towns that I may preach there, for that's why I've come. This Jesus knew that this is what he was called to do. And this man, because he disobeyed Jesus, prevented him from doing this. Because it says right here, Jesus could no more openly enter the city, but had to go to the remote places. So this man's disobedience cost Jesus his ability to go from town to town. So now he has to spend time out in the remote places. Don't, don't forget that, because um, when the Lord asks you to do something... It's a purpose involved. And don't think for a minute, well, if I don't do it, somebody will do it. Maybe that's true, maybe that's not true. Um, one of the things that um, uh, I, I know uh, in this particular incident, um, the Lord, uh, there was a, a man that needed $100 by whatever day it was, Friday or something like that. I don't remember what it was. And um, the Lord spoke to a guy in the church, give Joe Bob over here $100. Well, the guy didn't do it. So the Lord spoke to this guy over here and says, give Joe Bob $100. He didn't. He gave him $50, but he didn't give him $100. Well, the time came that Joe Bob needed the money, and he didn't have it all. Whose fault is that? Is that God's fault? God's been speaking to people to give him the money, and they won't do it. So did Joe Bob, was he let down? Now, God, it, God certainly worked through the situation. But don't think just because Joe Bob didn't get the money that God didn't want him to have it. He did. He just know people couldn't get it to him. Didn't give it to him. Now, that also comes back to the fact that they couldn't hear God well. And um, that's one of the things we want to learn is how to hear the Lord. So anyway... He went out and proclaimed it widely, and Jesus, they came to him from every quarter. So even though Jesus is out in the sticks uh, preaching out there, people are still coming to him. Now, I want to look at a, a quick summary of what we've seen in Mark chapter 1. Uh, man's choices can thwart God's plan. We just saw that. Man's choices can thwart God's plans. Number two. 
Jesus had authority leading to healings and casting out devils. We'll find later on that He gives us that authority. But watch Him right here because as we walk with Him, you'll see Him doing this. He's showing us what we can do. Whether we do it or not is a different story. But I suggest to you that if you measure what's happening to Him and the, the, the people and the crowds that He's dealing with here are not happening to our churches, certainly not in the United States. Other places they are. And that's another story. We could go on from that. Probably Rick Bonfim could give us hours of stories about that. The point is, he had authority that led him to healings and casting out devils. Number three, because of the authority that he spoke with, he had massive crowds. And they came from everywhere to get there. Uh, they did not have texting. If you look at it on a map, some of the areas there was distance of maybe 100 miles. 80, 80 to 100 miles. So what, what could they walk back then? 15 miles a day? 20? I don't know. So it might have taken them four or five days to get to where he was. And they're only going there because they heard what was going on. They didn't text. They didn't have iPhones. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have satellite TV or radio. It was word of mouth. But yet, they're coming in droves. Massive crowds. Number four. The wilderness experience that Jesus went through in the first part of the chapter is necessary for us to go through in order, A, to deal with the wild beasts in our lives, whatever that might be. Uh, maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Uh, I don't know. It could be sex. could be uh, stealing. I don't know. Whatever that might be. Only you know. Maybe it's an anger problem. So the wilderness experience is designed to help you deal with that and for you to be able to hear the Lord so that you'll know where to go and what to do when you get there. Number five, he operated in faith. Now, when you operate in faith, that means that you don't know what's going to happen. That's what it says. And I'll, as, as we get ready to close today, I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 11. And let's read this again. The Amplified, I would encourage you, if you've got an Amplified Bible, to go read this from the Amplified Bible. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He doesn't see it. He's operating in faith. It's evidence. He's got faith. I've got faith that these things are going to happen. When the Lord told Jesus to walk on the water, He had faith it was going to happen. Did He know it was going to happen? No. He had faith that it would happen. That's why He was able to do it. If he knew he could do it, there's no faith involved. If I know I can walk over here and, and to, the, to the chair and pick up a glass of water, there's no faith involved in that because the water's right over here and I can go whenever I want. But it takes faith means that you're going to do something that you can't see the end result in. We want to follow Jesus and we're going to find out as we walk through the entire book of Mark. As we go through the book of Mark, we'll understand what faith is. And, we'll get, and it'll put you in a position where you have to sit down and think, oh my gosh, is that going on in my life? Now, going back to faith, going back over to verse number 6, and without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you one that's diligently seeking him? 
I do. Uh, I'm diligently seeking Him. But in the, in the diligence of that seeking, I slam into things that, you know, I didn't know were there. If you go back to, um, kind, of a, kind of a sidebar here, if you go to Psalm 139, and you look at verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my concerns and see if there's any rebellious way in me and lead me in the ancient way. Lead me in the right path. Um, I would challenge you, as you move into a wilderness experience with the Lord, read these two verses and consider for yourself if you want to pray these. Don't pray them if you don't mean it. Because if you do mean it, you're going to be in for a treat. It's not going to be a fun treat, but you're going to be in for a treat because you're going to see God move on your part. In 2001, I prayed this prayer not dreaming that there would be... Everything was going well for me. Job was going well. Marriage was going well. No problems whatsoever. So I prayed that prayer not dreaming that there would be anything wrong with me. And within two weeks, the Lord showed me some things that took me 14 years to work through. So... I just didn't realize that, 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 that they were in there in that way. Now, closing out, let's go back to... Whoops, I lost my play in Mark. That's in the New Testament, so let me get back here. Okay, next time we get together, we'll start with chapter 2, the healing of a paralytic. Now, I wish I had a chance to see you and talk to you and see if you got any questions, but I'm going to pray and, uh, and ask the Lord to, to close out our time. Father, I thank you so much for this time together. And I ask you that anybody that's watching this, Father, if they've got any issues, any concerns, any desires that they want to walk this path that you walk so that they can teach with authority, that they can, they can understand that authority, Father, open their ears so that they can hear. Thank you for this time here, Father, and I pray that next time we get together, um, you'll guide us and show us where to go and open up the book of Mark to us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. From the seed of Abraham And led them through the wilderness Into the promised land in boundless love and mercy, He gave His only Son, who became the sacrifice for everyone. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing to me. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing to me. To every generation, He gives.